Hey everybody, welcome back to the Jonathan and Friends podcast. It's been a while since we've been together and I owe you a deep apology. I think I said that last time, so it's becoming a habit and I'm so sorry. But uh, here's the deal. Um, I love doing this podcast and I've learned a lot in the podcast experience in that all right what i've learned is i should have recorded like six or seven episodes at once and then had them all in my back pocket to post well you live and learn i'm, I'm recording these as we go so um the goal was to be a monthly podcast this is now a uh maybe when i get to it podcast or when i find a friend willing to come be on the podcast with me kind of podcast so I do enjoy it. I love recording these things. I love talking to my friends on here. It's a great way selfishly for me to catch up with people. And then it's also a way um, to talk about uh, where different people have aligned their skills, passions, and opportunities to create a life uh, of meaning, a meaningful life for them. And so anyway, my apologies. Welcome back. I am running out of podcast guests. I was just laughing about that with uh, today's guest, which you'll meet in just a minute. But um, I was laughing about how I'm running out of friends for the Jonathan and Friends podcast. So if you want to be on the podcast, send me an email at jsmith, that's S-M-Y-T-H, jsmith at hey.com. And maybe you can be on the podcast. That's one way to get guests, I suppose. So shoot me an email. Um, I would love to have some people on the podcast. We can talk about that. So I do have another guest lined up in another week or so, and I'm really excited for you to meet her. Uh, maybe I'll plug that here at the end. Uh, so that you actually come back and listen. So let's jump into today's episode. I have a really good friend of mine. We've been friends for, oh my gosh, we'll talk about it in a minute. Maybe he remembers more than I do, but a long, long time, 10 plus years, maybe pushing 15. Uh, but today's guest is Jake France. Uh, Jake, say hello. I know you're there. What's up? <laughs> hey man, thanks for being <laughs> on the podcast. And I could say a lot about you, but um, why don't you take a couple minutes and introduce yourself? I don't know how you introduce yourself to people these days. Um, but introduce yourself and then maybe we'll do a little bit of uh, throwback history of where our friendship began and, and then we'll get yeah. into today's topic. So go for it. Tell us about yourself. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Jonathan said, my name is Jake France. I am a songwriter, uh, a worship leader, worship artist uh, as well, and um, spend a lot of my time uh, on stages or on the road kind of traveling around doing all that stuff. That's awesome. I don't know how to make it sound. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's cool or not anymore. Well, to be a musician, but a traveling musician. You know, somebody out there. Is like, wow, that sounds like a dream. Like he's on tour. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll talk it's, about tour life. As, maybe <laughs> it's yeah, not. What? Yeah, it's not as luxurious as uh, as as anyone thinks. What, dude? I've I've been on your private jet. <laughs> and I'm just kidding. Jake doesn't have a private yeah, jet. Yeah, that's not true. I do yeah. not have a private jet. So I, I do want to uh, preface a little bit of you know we've. This is not a um, inherently uh, faith-based or Christian podcast. I just like to talk to my friends, and I do happen to be a person of faith, of the Christian faith specifically. And um, but you know, I just try to keep this podcast pretty open with friends. And but but Jake lands in that circle where he's a Christian uh, worship leader, worship artist, and and if that if that's not your stripe, and those terms are new to you, or you're like, what does that even mean? That's okay. Uh, I still think you're going to find value in this podcast episode, and um, I think you'll, you're still going to love Jake nonetheless, even if you have baggage maybe around the Christian faith, which we've, we've made a lot of mistakes in the Christian world, but uh, we, we won't get into that, Jake. This is not that kind of podcast. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but um, even if that's not your stripe, that's okay. I think you're going to enjoy hearing from Jake, and we're going to talk a little bit about his journey as a songwriter, a little bit of stories from the road, maybe what touring is like, and 
uh, working in churches and, and all of that. So we're going to get into it. Um, but Jake, let's go back to where we met. You were uh, living in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Is that where we met for the first time? That, yep, that is. I remember, I remember specifically, we were in uh, Jefferson Middle School. Um, I was serving with a church as, as a worship leader at that time, and you were in visiting town. I yeah. don't even know why you were in town. Do you remember why you were in town? I have no idea. I, I think I had a couple of meetings lined up in town. I forget what it was all about. But, okay, I remember specifically where we met. So you go first, and let's see if it lines up. It was Jefferson Middle School, and it was at that yep. church. But do you remember yep. where specifically we met? I feel like it was, like, backstage. Yes. Like, as we were, like, huddled up to about to go on stage. That's exactly where it was. That's the exact yeah. picture in my mind when I think about the first time that I met you. That's amazing that's that we so both remember funny. that. Sometimes our yeah, so, memories play tricks on us, but that's exactly what it was. So, I mean, I was, gosh, 18 probably, <laughs> I think, at that time. That's probably true. So, yeah. Um, and you were putting the, putting the push on me to come spend the summer in China. You I was, that? yes. And, and did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I remember saying no at <laughs> first. I don't know, yeah, so so I remember saying no, like that doesn't really make sense, like wh- I don't really want to, um, you know, spend spend a summer in China. And then, fast forward a couple months later, I think you'd already, you'd gotten my number and were texting me, dude, come on, you gotta do this, blah, blah, blah. Um, couple months later we were in atlanta i was in atlanta at a at a huge conference mm. and and i remember thinking like like you you came to my mind again that that exact day about well should i do that like is that something i wanted to do and and then that night at the evening session of this conference where there are like i mean tens of thousands of of college students and, and young adults at this conference you walk out on stage and i was like oh wow and i was like yeah that's that's the confirmation i gotta go to china this summer that's hilarious i didn't know maybe we we must have talked about this in the past but now i'm not remembering that that you were at that conference maybe we i think we talked about it but um that's amazing i didn't know that connection that you had been contemplating it you saw me walk out on stage and that was your confirmation that's pretty impressive i know it's wild so that's awesome. That, yeah, that's what I remember. And then so ended up spending that summer in, in China. I was uh, leading some music in Hong Kong at some training. Yeah. Events. And then, um, and then I, I mean, I was just blessed that y'all kept, you know, giving me opportunities to, to hang and spend time in Asia uh, with, with you. Um, yeah. You know, playing music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hong Kong. We had some fun times in Hong Kong. I remember... Uh, you coming to do those gigs and and one of them first the first one or maybe the second one. Remember where you showed up and your guitar was broken? Oh, the, dude! Wow, no, I forgot all about that. I blocked that out of my memory. <laughs> that was a depressing <laughs> moment. Jake shows up. He's he's got a sound check. I think the session started in like a few hours, and he's like, "Oh, let me get my guitar out." Opens the guitar case, and it's the neck. I think was broken or something. Yeah, yeah, from the airline. Yeah, the airline broke wow. it. What did I? What did I do? I think we rounded up a guitar somewhere else. I mean, I'm sure okay. I'm sure it was of the utmost top quality guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bought it at a guitar center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was fantastic. <laughs> um, 
No, I, yeah. Anyway, I don't know why I remember that, but I do. So, okay, that was a lot of years ago. That was probably 2009 or 10, maybe. Yeah, 2010. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yep. 10, 11 years ago. And but, and then fast forward, you've done a lot in life since then. So uh, I don't, you want to do like a quick history recap to kind of catch people up. Since then, you were 18 sure. years old. You were working at a church. You were kind of the worship leader guy, music leader guy at that church. Uh, we met, you know, somewhere in China now catch us up to 2021, um, like a fast forward. Like if you hit the fast forward button on the movie of Jake's life, what happens? Right. Yeah. So, uh, fast forward, I got married in Winston-Salem. Uh, my wife is awesome. And then we moved, got an opportunity to move up to Chicago to, um, to be part of a church there. Um, and right around that time I joined a band called vertical worship, um, that I'm still with now. Mm. Um, and that's who I tour with and write with and, and make records with. Um, and, uh, so we were in Chicago for about six years. Then we moved to Columbia, South Carolina, um, where I'm serving at a church here now as well. So that's like the super fast version of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that is a fast version because your Chicago years were pretty formative in terms of your career. Yeah. Uh, I know you learned a lot. You got to work under a lot of fantastic people. Um, you know, I, I think we met one time in Chicago. I think we met up for a, a meal or something. You were just talking about how much you yeah. were learning and growing. And so those are really formative years, huh? They're, yeah, super formative. Um, I mean, learned some like really hard lessons Mm. at those times as well um it was yeah it was a it's hard to kind of put into words um all the different things from that from that season but i will say like the biggest thing i learned in that in that season like i mean i think whenever i was you know 18 probably around the time that you met me it would have been like my dream to be a part of some you know band that gets to travel and tour and is on the radio and and all that stuff and like i one of the kind of interesting things about, about my life is I feel like I accomplished a lot of my kind of dreams really early. Um, and, and it kind of like led me into this, like, almost, I don't know if it's a crisis, but sort of just questioning like, well, what's, what's next and what kind of one, when you get to the, you know, the, what you always thought was the peak, um, Mm. pretty early, like, where, where do you kind of go from there? And I feel like that kind of taught me a lot, especially in the music industry, um, that, um, you know, not everything is as it seems. And I think it led me on a journey, a journey that I'm still on, um, that has been really formative of like, I just want to go after authenticity, no matter what I'm doing. Like that's, that's what I care about. And that's what I think I care about the most, especially with, I mean, I think especially with millennials and even Gen Z, like, I don't, I don't think any generation sniffs out inauthenticity more than millennials and Gen Z. <laughs> that's so. I just want to yeah. be a person that you know that that is going after that. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, and I think that's a very true and accurate observation. I mean, I work a lot with millennial. I think I'm technically, I think I technically am a millennial. You are too. Um, I think you are. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, but I work a lot with them, and I work a lot with Gen Zs as well. And I think that is really accurate. Like they can smell inauthent- inauthenticity uh, a mile away. Easy. Like, mm-hmm. 
Uh, right. So I think I think that's really interesting, and it's also interesting around like feeling like you peaked early, uh, which. I, I would just as an aside, I would say you have not even close to peaked. Like you have, a, you have a lot left to give Jake. It's, uh, so, uh, but you know, I think that's interesting because you did accomplish a lot. Like, and, and in the world's eyes or in the eyes of people or friends or people adjacent to you, not the closest to you, but adjacent, it's like, wow, Jake is killing it. Like you're in a band that's on the radio, you're touring, you're, your band is highly sought after for conferences and festivals. I mean, those things are all true, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it feels like you can step back from your own life and look at it and go, wow, I've arrived. When I was in high school, this is what I dreamed of. Well, now I'm living the dream. But, right. And then you go, well, now what? <laughs> mm-hmm. Which yeah. is, now I get and, it. Like, that's a scary thought. Go ahead. Right. And in like, especially in kind of the Christian world, like, this is such a, interesting tiny little subculture yeah. that like i have to remember that all the time too like that's not you know being popular in a very small subculture is a lot different than actually being popular <laughs> yeah yeah and, and you're you're christian famous as we like to say uh which, right, we, right, we, which we, is fake i was gonna say <laughs> we could have a really long discussion about the uh the value of christian famous i mean i think it's actually maybe it's worse to be christian famous than than to not be, <laughs> but you know, yeah, I, but yeah. I resonate with some of that. Like even what we were joking about before I hit the record button of like, um, I was joking with you that I'm running out of guests for my podcast and you're like, no, you know, everybody. I said, no, that's not true. I used to know a lot of people. And then you jokingly <laughs> said, are you just, are you washed up? I said, yeah, I'm a washed up professional <laughs> friend. Um, so like, I get that. Like I can, I can easily think like, yeah, maybe not career wise like you, but, but peaked like, I used to feel like I know knew a ton of people. I was really well connected. Now I just live a quiet life in Colorado and I mm. fly fish and travel and that's about it. Uh, but I think that's something that's so like it's 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 so opposite of what we um, kind of are bred to go after. But like a hidden life and a quiet life, I think if you can make that your goal to mm. to live a truly hidden and quiet life. Like, I think that, I think that is arriving. Yeah. Whenever you're satisfied, whenever you're satisfied in the simple. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, yep. That's good. I, I think, you know, one of the things that we talked about too, like, um, for both of us, I think that whenever you put so much identity in career, mm. um, that, like that, I think that is honestly what, what kind of gave me a bit of that kind of crisis mode of, I've put I've put all my identity in being, you know, a you know, quote unquote like semi famous worship leader. Like if yeah. you know, in the in the world dies or whatever. But like once you reach the kind of the goal that you want to reach and you realize like, oh, this isn't this isn't actually like filling me or satisfying me, mm. I think that's when I kinda of hit that hit that moment of I need to find what my identity is outside of what I do. I need to find my identity in, in who I am and huh. whose I am. Yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's that. Yeah. I, you know, it's, this has come up now. This is the third time this has come up in like a matter of a couple of days. So, uh, the other day I was thinking about this exact thing and, and I tweeted about it. I put on Twitter that I, I used to, um, people would ask me like, Hey, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? Just kind of normal, get to know you kind of questions like, eh, what do you like to do? Mm. 
And my answer around my hobbies was always like, oh, I like to work. Like, I, like I, right. I love my job. I love to work. That's all I do. I just work. And, and kind of to your point, like I was finding my identity and who I was in my occupation and um, what I was becoming as a professional and how hard I was working and I can outwork anybody and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, right. And then a couple of years ago, or a few years ago, like I actually started to develop some real hobbies like outside of work yeah. and like uh, fly fishing. I like to run. I like to bike. I like to take my dog on little hikes, like actual legitimate right. hobbies. Right. And, um, and I find those to be so satisfying. And now when people ask me, what do you like to do for fun? I, I feel so much satisfaction that I have a real answer besides, Oh, I just work. I'm just, I'm yeah. just this blah, 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 you know? Um, right. Anyway, I, that's funny. That's that, come that, up so many times. That, that's good. Yeah, yeah, I would say that, like I I resonate with that. I'm yeah. I'm still trying to find my hobbies for <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think part of like like you know I became I became a parent in, mm. in January 2020. Yeah. Um, and like any semblance of like hobby outside of work felt like it like had to kind of fly out the window. But that's not that's not a healthy, sustainable place to be. Right. For sure. Right. So, yeah. And you. And- I wish I uh, yeah. I just want to be a golfer. Like I want to golf. <laughs> <laughs> don't be that guy. Don't don't be the golfing don't guy. Don't be that guy. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I think it's true. Like you, it's okay. I mean, well, millions of people around the world have full time jobs, and they're a parent, and they have hobbies. Like there's, mm. I'm I'm not a parent, so I should not talk about this, but I will. Um, there is a middle ground somewhere where you can do all of it. You know, um, that right. doesn't mean you can do your hobby every day and neglect your kid, but it also doesn't mean you can neglect your hobbies and only work and be a parent. Like you got to find a healthy balance, I think. For sure. But For sure. Anyway, yeah, okay. Good. That's a that's a lot of introduction. That's a lot of Actually, there's some really good meat in there. I really appreciate everything you had to say. But let's get <laughs> into the topic of uh, this podcast is all about the alignment of our skills, passions and opportunities. We've talked a little bit about it, but um you know, sometimes in the podcast I break those down like, okay, tell us about your skills. Tell me about your passions. And right. now let's figure out what opportunities have come because of that. But I wonder if we can lump them all in and, you, you know, I'll just let you share a little bit around that. Like, what does it look like for you to grow in a skill and have that skill actually align with what you love to do? And then what opportunities have you seen uh, as a result of that? And where, where do you feel like you're living your life at that intersection? Is that, can you yeah. just sort of go off on that or do you want me to ask specific questions? No, I think that's, that's great. I mean, um, yeah, like the, what I love the most kind of in what I get to do is, is the songwriting side of it. Um, like the travel side is so fun and I've gotten to meet some amazing people and, and have gotten some great opportunities. Um, but I think the the thing that gives me the most life that I would say, like if I'm, I'm not really like trying, I'm not spending my time working to like be a better guitar player or even be a better singer right now. I'm, I'm my time is spent and what I care about the most would be like as a songwriter and as a creative, um, which is kind of interesting because naturally I think out of the songwriting is where the opportunities come, you huh. know, like if you write, if you write good songs and, you know, then you make good records. And when you make good records, you get opportunities to huh. travel and play those songs and do things like that. So, um, yeah. So this, the songwriting side of it, I would say is the, maybe the skill side of it that I care about the most. Um, 
and it's it's hard to even like look at it objectively of like this is how to grow as a songwriter because like what what makes a good song like there's not really like a a formula to it like i've never gone into a writing session um and been like hey let's write it let's write a song for the radio you know like that's <laughs> not how it like that's like not how it how it happens so how do you kind of objectively look at like is this is this good yeah you know yeah and i, I mean maybe it's a different podcast i don't know how to get into it in short form but like i'm so curious about the songwriting process because I have other you and I have other friends who are songwriters and they talk about, uh, yeah, today I have a songwriting session with so-and-so and so-and-so and we're going to be at such and such studio. And I'm like, I don't even right. have a, I'm not a songwriter, so I don't have a box to put that in. I'm like one, that sounds terribly boring. And, but, <laughs> but on the other side, I'm also like, there must be like huge excitement when you guys find a melody or a lyric or something that starts to connect. And then you just, it feels like pushing a snowball down a hill and you know, I can, that's just sort of the, my mind's eye, but I don't totally. know. What's it like? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I think the best songwriting sessions happen when there's already relationship there, like between, between the writers. But like my, my sweet spot, what I love the most is um, a group of three. So me and two other people. Um, and songwriting is just a collection of saying yes. It's just mm. a collection of yeses. So you throw out, you throw out an idea, and you're going somewhere with it. And the other people are from a yes, like that. That is, that's great. Let's keep moving on that. Or someone else says something, and you're like reaffirming the yes. And that's like one of the, like I have some like personal kind of songwriting rules, um, mm. and a lot of our team does with vertical. But one of them is like you don't say you can't say no. Like huh. if you, if someone has an idea and it's something that you don't like. Well, then you better find like an idea that can trump it and be better without saying no. Cause like the power of a no is, is really dangerous in a creative world. I would say, yeah. um, like it just shuts people down pretty quickly. So, but yeah, so it's like a group of three people, uh, in the, in a room, um, you know, and sometimes there's guitar, sometimes there's pianos, like sometimes there's none of that really. And it's just more talking, but, um, Man, it usually happens where, like, it starts with a really, really long conversation. I mean, you might spend mm -hmm. the first hour of a songwriting session not singing a single thing or writing a single thing down, but it's just, like, connecting. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of where the magic happens. Yeah, I can see that. And then it, the closer you get as friends, uh, well, the easier the yes becomes because you know each other and you can kind of play off each other and... You know, it's right. And it, trust you know, each other. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of facets to that. They're that tough is like, for one, just on the creative side, like any creative endeavor, um, there's a vulnerability there, right? Cause right. you're mm -hmm. put, putting your creative thoughts out there, whether you're a graphic designer or a songwriter or like whatever it is, like you have to show mm -hmm. somebody your work and they can shoot it down. Like, Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. You know? So there's, exactly. there's right. a vulnerability piece, but then you also add, your faith element and now you you're exposing your spiritual vulnerability right like because in yeah, christian totally. songwriting it's hey here's what i feel god has maybe said to me or hey, here's what i feel i've learned uh about god or from mm -hmm. god and you're putting that out there right so you have the creative vulnerability and you have the spiritual vulnerability which i think makes right. your job super hard <laughs> yeah and in the like especially in like the christian songwriting and specifically in the like genre of worship um the songs have to be 
singable, which yeah. is I think actually kind of unique to um, to worship songwriting is that you know because whenever you know a, a pop artist or even a country artist like they're not going after like can you know can a group of of people collectively sing this together on a Sunday morning right you know they're just like is this do people like to listen to this right and um, so there's that whole other dynamic there as well of like this has to be corporately singable without feeling um watered down or like it's been done before yeah so <laughs> yeah it's, but it's but that's like super fun i mean yeah because whenever you can kind of like find find the intersection of all of those things like yeah something beautiful happens yeah i mean i think so this is what i was gonna say about that is is that you're finding as you hone the skill of of songwriting it's a love that you have it's a passion and that's actually what is unlocking the doors for opportunity uh where i think mm, I'm, yeah maybe in my brain uh my natural inclination would say like well the more stages you can be on the more opportunities are going to come right because more people see you the more people who see jake france or vertical worship's name in lights the more opportunities will come right and right but you're saying it's it's, it's actually in the quiet uh unseen moments in a writing room where the opportunities begin to come. And I think what's fun about that is that's uh, the most unglamorous part of the whole thing. Right. It's the most hidden. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And like the- how many <laughs> sheets of paper, whether physical or digital have made their way to the trash can that'll never make their way uh, to a radio station. Right. Right. But, totally. But you, you put in the work in that room with those two other people and you hone those skills, you are passionate about it. So that makes it doable. I'm not passionate about it. So it would be like a root canal <laughs> for me, but for you, you're passionate about it. You can sit in that room all day with those people and something beautiful comes out of it. And that's what opens doors uh, of opportunity. Right. I mean, I, I wrote hundreds and hundreds of songs, literally like I, I have the, 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 notebooks to prove it before <laughs> before any before any song ever made any record of of notoriety and and i'm so grateful for that now like i'm, yeah. I'm glad that i have that like that testimony of like of the the hidden songs that yeah will, yeah. will never hit anyone's ears yeah that's that's awesome and i uh are so if people are wondering like oh vertical worship i've never heard of that a lot of people have heard of that but the people who don't follow this genre which is a bajillion people in the mm-hmm. world like yeah um like it's pretty niche but in our world it's like oh i know that band yeah, exactly. but anyway right. uh, <laughs> but people who don't know uh one of your the band's most famous songs that's on the radio every other song on the radio i feel like is called yes i will is that right yep and did yep. you what, what was your part did you write some of that or or did you play on it what what's your role in that yeah, so I I played on it. Um, uh, I actually wasn't one of the writers for it. Um, the the guys that wrote it are just just fantastic. I mean, you like that's the other kind of funny thing about about songwriting is that like a lot of people who are involved in the songwriting process like their names will never be known, which is kind of awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So yes, I will. Um, yeah, got a lot of a lot of traction and. Um, and radio play, um, yeah. it went it went gold as a single, um, which I don't even know what that means anymore with streaming and everything like that. Um, <laughs> right. 
but it is it's like it is the song that kind of was the catalyst for some of vertical's um success and yeah. niche notoriety yeah um, <laughs> and for sure and and my favorite song my favorite story about that song is um every time it comes on the radio i always look at my wife and I say it's jake france and like literally like the first three words that come out of that guy's mouth, which I don't even remember how it starts, but I'm always like, it's Jake France. And my wife is like, it's not Jake. I'm like, yes, it is. And so, because I, you know, you, you would argue with me probably, but that guy sounds like you, I think. And, uh, I don't even know who it is. Who is that guy? That's such a compliment. His name's Judd. Judd. An awesome name. Yeah. That's yeah. an awesome name. Anyway, I think he sounds like you. So it literally forever, actually, I really did think it was you. And then I think I texted you and asked you and you're like, no, that's not me. But I, still, every time it comes on, I'm like, it's Jake France. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> and mostly I, I do it now because it drives my wife crazy. Right. Um, but that's so funny. anyway, so you can, you can Google that song or YouTube that song. But, but then if you YouTube uh, just you, Jake France, Vertical Worship, there's a ton of songs out there that you are doing or performing or or it talks about you writing i actually googled you yesterday to find out so i know this for a fact uh <laughs> that's amazing a lot of things pop up so um anyway jake i want to ask uh i was just thinking about this question like what do you think you've you've grown up in the church you've led worship for a lot of churches as a job you've been on tour what are you learning like what is what is the church world need now from a musician that maybe is, is new or, or becoming a thing. Uh, right. Where are you leaning yeah, into now as a musician a or as a songwriter? Um, yeah, that's, I think that's a great question. I think, um, you know, over the past, like, um, two, probably like two decades is when this, you know, with, with the growing of platforms like, Instagram and Twitter and YouTube and things like that, it made, it made it a lot more possible for people to be like famous, especially, you know, like Christians, you yeah. know, like the, the pastors can, you know, get, get their sermons on YouTube and they can go viral and they're, you know, there's um, wild Instagram accounts like preachers and sneakers <laughs> and, you know, things, things like that. Like it's just, it kind of has become, thing and I mean I know I talk to a lot of a lot of young worship leaders that are like how do I you know how do I get my songs out there and it's never been easier to make a record in history than it is right now you can do it on your laptop right. um, you know how do I get my songs out there how do I get uh, different churches playing my songs how do I get more events how do I get tours and like I think that we we've just done such a disservice to that generation to think that that is the goal. Mm. Um, and, and it's a bummer for me, like, like, um, because I, I think I got swept up in that to a degree as well. And, um, and I think if you can make the simple, like, I mean, this, we were kind of already talking about this. Like if I, I think that we need to stop chasing after fame and start chasing after hiddenness and, mm. um, and quietness and like it is i mean i know that there's so much baggage out there from the local church and holy cow like talk to my therapist like i've got a lot of baggage from the local church but the reason that i'm still a part of it is because i really do still believe in um in that community and 
not not having to be necessarily like a, a mega church though I do think there are healthy mega churches but um, you know if you have um, you know a love for Jesus being around other people that also love Jesus is so important so mm-hmm. like as a worship leader like I I just want that to be uh, my passion and realize that that's not something that you outgrow the more famous you get like, yeah. you can keep like you know never being thinking that you're you know too big to be serving at the local church, like especially as a, as a worship leader. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Does that answer your question much? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what you're alluding to is like getting back to a sense of authenticity where we were, we were really getting into fame and fortune and notoriety, uh, which, you know, over, over the years, I mean, over millennia, uh, Christians have right. done some, some bad things and made, made a bad reputation for themselves in some ways, but I, th- I think it doesn't wipe away all of the good that happens as well within the Christian faith. Yeah. And I think what we're seeing, at least on the music front, well, in other areas too, but for this conversation, specifically on the music front, is kind of a return to authenticity, a return to uh, smaller, uh, less spotlights. Is that true or or, right. or not? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, yeah, I think, I think absolutely. Like, um, like we were talking about earlier, like it used to be that if you, um, if you were a worship leader and you wanted to find like a new song to lead, um, then you would, you know, maybe be at a conference and hear that song played and be like, I'm going to bring that back to my church. Or, um, or you would talk to other worship leaders about like, Hey, like let's do, you know, I, I, have you heard this song? I found it the other day on this record. And blah, blah, blah. I remember so distinctly as a young worship leader going to passion conference in, yeah. in Atlanta every single year um, and being so excited to hear those new songs so that I could take them back and leave them at my church. Well, now it's, it's so there's, there's like an overload of the amount of songs that you can access at any given time. I call it Spotify syndrome. Like, <laughs> you know, the, yeah. it's just, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. Like we can't consume fast enough. Like the, the rate that songs are, um, are coming out. That's true. And, and I'm like, it it just kind of makes me nervous. I don't really know how to fix it, but like, how do we, like, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Like now, if you want your song to, to work in church, um, as a writer, you have to have it on the radio. Like mm. if your song's not on the radio, it's not going to get much notoriety. Huh. So interesting. But, but does that lead you to maybe want to write more songs specifically for your local community or are we still going kind of cast a wide net and do the, do the songs that were written by whoever, wherever, you know, we're, we're doing songs in America that were written by uh, Christians in Australia, you know, uh, right. Yeah, and there's value to that. I'm not knocking that. I'm just wondering, like, is there now a a push to write more localized music? I don't know I the answer so. to that. And I think, no, that's, that's, I think that's a great question. I mean, yeah, I've talked to like a ton of churches that like, how how do I grow my songwriting culture at my church? And um, and I think that if that is like a question you're asking from a place of purity, not from a place of because I want my songs to be famous and I want to be famous, but <laughs> right. um, but truly, like, how do I grow my songwriting community at my local church so that we can, like, um, give 
our people an expression uh, of what God is doing in-house. Like, I think that's awesome. And I actually think, like, you know, I mean, Scripture says, sing a new song to the Lord. Like, I wonder if that's what the psalmist meant, you know, mm-hmm. because that was before you could make a record and right. <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. So, yeah. 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 That's really interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just, we could go off on, I'm just curious about this in general. We could go off all day probably about it, but um, anyway, that's fascinating. Well, Jake, this has been a super interesting conversation. I could talk to you all day, but, um, <laughs> but we've, we've been going 35 minutes or so. So respecting your time and respecting the time of the listener, uh, sort of land this plane. Is there anything you want to talk about that we didn't talk about? Anything final words you want to say? Man, no, it was great to, it was great to just hear your voice. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise, maybe we do it again when, we're, when it's not being recorded. But uh, yeah. that's part of why I love this podcast is because it's a really good excuse to catch up with people like you that I don't talk to nearly enough. And you, before we recorded, you just told me you're going to be in Colorado in a few weeks. So I'm really, really excited to see you face to face. Me too. It's going to be awesome. a blast. Well, Jake, thanks for being here, and thank everybody else for listening. Um, you've been listening to the Jonathan and friends podcast and where we talk about the intersection of skills, passions, and opportunity, um, and how that leads to a meaningful life. And I think you got to hear it from Jake around songwriting and what that means, uh, for his passion and for opportunities to bring songs to the local church and to the church around the world. And he has been so gifted in that and has done that so well and so um again i just thank jake for being here today this has been the jonathan and friends podcast thanks for being here have a great day i'll see you next time